0: Welcome to the Big Play Cleveland show. I'm Gabriela Cruz alongside Nick Padone, Chris McNeil back in studio on this, I don't know, kind of gray day. It's another Cleveland winter day here at the airport, uh, but we got a lot of natural kind of light. I don't know. I'm trying to find the positive note to start off.
1: Gab, yeah, 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 not a lot. About there, I don't think there's anything natural about these lights. I'll be completely honest with you. I, I think we got a lot going. of LED going and, and, and that's about it. What's yeah, going not on, Not much though? coming
2: through the windows, either. Yeah. yeah. No. Middle of winter here in Cleveland, Ohio. Of course, we had a pretty good championship weekend, so at least a lot to watch on TV, a lot to keep us compelled there.
1: Yeah, and a lot of fun Cleveland sports news. The Browns have a new OC, which is fun. Uh, Carlos Carrasco is back. So we'll okay. get into some fun yeah. Cleveland headlines in our fill-in-the-blank segment. But guys, we did have a lot of fun, despite how crappy this weather has been. Brave the snow the rain of this week and we made it out to the cleveland sports awards gab you did an awesome job hosting emceeing all things being you but it was a really cool night with the greater cleveland sports commission at their sports awards event yeah
0: it was cool it was nice to get all dolled up every once in a while you know the once a year that it happens and see you guys all dolled up too it was um it was good and then we got to do some interviews prior to the event and uh holly rowe did a really good job hosting mcneil um Uh, Did you do any memes about, uh, this is a hard segue, but Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey yet, or did I miss that?
2: Nothing from this weekend. Okay, all right.
0: Wow, I could beat you on something. Okay, I have an idea. You have something brewing. Yeah, I do, (laughs) I do. And I just had to ask if the meme master beat me to it.
2: Nope, nothing after this weekend. I was kind of focused on Eminem and his appearance. Oh, okay. Did you see yep. did you see the photos from that? Oh. The first half when he oh. was all in his element, doing I the double bad. burst to the the crowd there in Kansas City and then of course
0: I'm still in disbelief. I'm so glad I didn't prematurely respond to our. So our betting segment from last week, obviously, I was the only one who had the the Lions and I already had my Steve Carell, like from the office, him taking a bow. (laughs) And I and I had it queued up to respond because they were up by what was it like? Seventeen. Seventeen, oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean. Boys. And yeah. and uh, I I almost pulled the trigger and I was like you know let me just wait because they got more of the second half to go and then sure enough the last I checked in I was shooketh quite literally Shook. because I I really wanted to see the lions and Eminem all that I was about it.
1: And there, the was, there were so many Cleveland people like you, Gab, that were all <laughs> aboard our Great Lake brothers in Detroit. You know, that would have been such a cool storyline to see them make their first Super Bowl. They've gotten to that point two times prior and have never been able to get over the hump. But man...
0: I can't believe the coach was like, this might have been our only shot or whatever. Hey, they But get, then he tried to dial back and be like, I mean, I don't believe that. You know what? it's our only yeah. shot. I was like, it's well... It's
1: true. That's right. that's the complete truth. And, and that's what... There's a lot of discourse about Dan Campbell today because he's unapologetically himself in the sense of he probably should have just kicked that damn field goal and tied the game. Everybody's talking about that. But that (sighs) quote, Gab, just goes to show the realness of Dan Campbell because that's from his his heart. That's true. That doesn't just go for football. That's any sport. You know, I always talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder when they had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden all on that same team. They got beat by LeBron in the Miami Heat when LeBron was in his prime and everybody was talking about oh this OKC team look at how many young superstars they have they'll be right back and they've never been back in fact they've yeah. been quite literally some of the worst teams in NBA history since that point so it is hard to get back to that point and it wasn't that locker room got real if Dan Campbell brought that up immediately following a loss because that's truth.
2: Oh, and you've been fairly very consistent on this too when we were talking about playing with house money with the Cleveland Browns you were saying well no I mean you only get so many chances whether it's in the playoffs or anywhere else in the football landscape and to have that opportunity for the Browns and have it slip through our fingers the way it did hopefully we're building this offseason we've already made plenty of moves so hopefully that's not going to be our last shot at here for a while and I don't think it will be but you've got to play like it is this is the NFL playoffs you never know what's going to happen
1: yep never know all right, guys. Well we have so many jammed Cleveland sports headlines, just sports headlines really as it pertains to Ohio. Do we want to do some fill in the blank?
0: Yeah, do you want to go fill in the blank? I know it's been this this morning was a little crazy. We were we've been juggling the the cancellations of guests and the addition of guests and whatnot. So let's get right into fill in the blank, shall yeah. we? Yeah, let's do it. All right. The Cleveland Browns have a new offensive coordinator, everybody. The Browns hiring Ken Dorsey is
2: growing on me. A little bit. I thought that that was a very (laughs) mid-higher. to use what my kids say, Um, because you know I don't know a whole lot about him outside of his playing career, being 0 for 3 with the Cleveland Browns, having never thrown a touchdown, by the way, but thrown seven interceptions with the Cleveland Browns. Of course, he was with the Bills, and he had that infamous meltdown, and a lot of people made the comment, I think you did as well, Nick, that's the way a lot of Cleveland Browns fans watch the game, is by throwing things around so he'd fit right in here. So I get that. Um, I get some of the things he did with Josh Allen there. I know his past. Um, He has brought on young quarterbacks. Makes sense, I guess, from that standpoint. But I also don't like the fact that he's just been fired. He really doesn't fit the mold of somebody I think is going to saunter in the door and really take charge here I was thinking we were going to get somebody and I honestly think he was probably the second choice if not mm-hmm. farther down the list for the Browns. Mm-hmm.
1: So I I was told this weekend this definitely was not the top option which was Kellen Moore who was hired away by the Philadelphia Eagles to be their new OC like play caller out there and that's going to be the question about this Ken Percy move now is does is he a figure that could take away play calling from Ken Stefanski? And me personally, I know that I love that. I get that people. The the sentiment out there is yes, he got fired. Maybe it was a little bit of a scapegoat when you look at some of the deeper analytic metrics. That Buffalo's offense was really good, and he wasn't the problem in Buffalo when he got let go. But there's just something to me that just it feels weird that they fire the guy and then they rip off six wins in a row and kind of writes the season. It's like, well, maybe he was kind of the problem. So I'm not sure how to feel about it. To be completely honest with you, I guess I like it on the surface because it's a younger mind. It's fresh perspective, which is always good, but we see to what detail this cat is actually going to be involved in a day-to-day operations. Cause I don't know that I love him coming in here and taking away play calling from two time coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski. And by the way, both head coaches in the Super Bowl are calling their own plays. So I think it's proved that that's works.
0: Hmm. Air analysis. He was well, also the quarterback coach for Cam Newton during his best season.
2: That's exactly right. So that's where they think some of that might translate here. I don't know. It still smacks a little bit of change for change's sake in this case. I mean, he had an obvious problem. Defense would bring in Jim Schwartz, so that made sense. This one, I'm still not completely sold on it. We'll see. I think they're really trying to fit things to John Watson here and more of a pass game and more passing orientation. You saw that in the championship games yesterday. You didn't see as much running of the football outside of Detroit really in the first half. You Saw a lot of kind of West Coast type of things. And we'll see if uh, if Dorsey's going to be able to bring in some of those components to the Browns next year. Yeah,
1: and that's exactly what all of this is about is it's about Deshaun Watson. It's about getting him right. Jimmy Haslam, I I know there's so many people in this past season, you know, had was five and one as their starting quarterback. So people look at that and they're like, hey, that's pretty good. Let me tell you, Jimmy Haslam doesn't look at it like that. He looks at it on a spreadsheet and says, I've paid this dude how much money and I've gotten how far when the whole point of bringing him in was to be an upgrade at the quarterback position from Baker Mayfield. And really, all he's given us is. Baker Mayfield caliber play so I think when ownership and really the the people that matter in the Browns organization are looking at this they understand that there's way more that they need to get out of this Deshaun Watson thing and you're probably right Chris it probably was just a change to make a change because you know what they got out of him last year wasn't good enough
0: drop the mic (laughs) my favorite moment from the AFC NFC championships is
2: well You know, I kind of referenced it earlier, but it was Eminem. It was the instant karma of Eminem there. You know, you look at the dichotomy here. You look at Jason Kelsey. He was out there the week before hanging with the fans, kind of enjoying the Buffalo fans, getting into that vibe, and then they beat him. Whereas, by contrast, you got Eminem out here, Giving him the double bird, and then all of a sudden that karma comes back to you. So, uh, snap back to reality there for Eminem. No, uh, I will not have any
0: Emino- Eminem slander on this show. Same. Okay, he is he. He's gonna be himself, Chris. You know what I mean? I get it. He's yeah. not Jason it. Kelsey. He's Eminem. Oh, he's, I get it. He's got to be he's angry. He's rebellious. Now
2: he's got angry. plenty of reasons <laughs> to, be to be angry, angry that's as we for it sure. Today.
1: That's for sure. We need a new uh, album I out there. I wonder if he
0: wanted to stick nine-inch, what is it, through his eyelids?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I, did, Needle. watching some of those four-down play calls. I mean, what are we doing? Uh, yeah, I think my this favorite— This is why b- you draft a kicker, right? is to kick, right? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Dan Campbell doesn't subscribe to that. No, no. That was what did you That like, was man? wild. I like the Ravens just having a meltdown. It was yeah. downright lunacy to me all these Cleveland people that are like, "Oh, but Lamar Jackson is such a good story. He's such an underdog." Stop. No, he's not. Lamar Jackson was a first round pick. He was uh, growing up his entire life. One of the highest sought after quarterbacks in that draft, the real underdog of the weekend. Brock Purdy won yeah. his game and as a game manager, and all that talk. I was so happy to see the Baltimore Ravens absolutely crumble. Lamar Jackson absolutely crumble. I still think there's something to that playoff Lamar thing. You got to be able to throw in the playoffs and Lamar Jackson has improved significantly as a passer but in these in these big moments he just keeps crumbling
2: passing or running the ball you saw some they didn't points. do anything yeah yeah saw some points where it's just like do something there it kind of reminds me of lebron the first time around in cleveland where he kind of get that those games in the playoffs where you just sit there and dribble the ball you go Go be LeBron. Go be the guy that, that everybody knows that you can be. Same with Lamar Jackson yesterday. He wasn't throwing. He wasn't running. It's like, what are you doing? We know. We've seen it as Browns fans. We've yep. seen the potential there. He gets to the playoffs, uh, breaks down.
1: Yeah. Boo-hoo.
0: I really did love the Travis Kelsey, uh, Taylor Swift type. I know people are like, stop talking about it. But I was like, really? This is so awesome. Do you think, guys, do you think everything is rigged? That was another hot point on Twitter.
2: Well, I oh, think that
0: it's going to be them in the Super Bowl kissing under the confetti and everything is already rigged.
2: And he's going to propose and everything else. I think everything with them is very real, to be honest with you. I yeah. think they really have a relationship that's going on. That's why I think it's cool. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's really rigged. I don't think any of this is rigged per se. Like but it makes for good talking points on Twitter, well, that's so what I'm keep saying. those up. From, you
0: from, know? from a championship standpoint, though, not their relationship being rigged, but is this relationship rigging the nfl at well, the highest level i mean it,
1: it, is it the tail wagging the dog here with their relationship it, all, it always does i mean you that this is just the new tom brady you know i everybody was calling on tom brady to please come back and save us from the shackles of patrick mahomes and his significant other as well as travis kelsey and taylor but like this is this was tom you know this was exactly brady just absolute sustained greatness he would get All the calls because the NFL wanted Brady in the Super Bowl. This is just the new generation of that. They want Patrick Mahomes and Taylor Swift in there.
0: I see it. My excitement level for the Pro Bowl is...
1: 0.0. And
2: I'll go back to last year. I mean, for any excitement I did have last year, which was maybe 0.1, seeing Miles Garrett Uh. hobble off the field with a toe injury, it's like, what are we doing? What are we doing with this Pro Bowl? I know it makes some money, but by the way, we pay Miles Garrett a lot of money. These owners pay these players a lot of money for what, what equates to some sort of a weird Olympics that they have them do, and I'm just not a part of that. I am not big on it. Unless, of course, I can bet on it, and then I'm totally in. (laughs)
1: Mm. (laughs) Pass.
0: The, The more I get acquainted with the Pro Bowl, the more I do have the question of why... (laughs)
1: that's the yeah yeah yeah. why why do we keep doing
2: this and the answer is it must make some money for them. yeah yeah as if the NFL by the by the way the NFL is probably going to have what the highest rated Super Bowl ever I would guess or it's going to be right up there they're making money hand over fist they need the Pro Bowl anymore I don't think so you don't need to showcase these players anymore we already showcase them on a weekly basis it's not like you're just getting regional programming anymore we have to see oh what does this guy look like you know what does Dak Prescott look like you know in the other conference. You don't need that anymore. You don't need the Pro Bowl. It's outlived its usefulness. And oh, by the way, we pay these guys enough. We don't
1: need them doing tug of war. I think of the days before social because it kind of humanized them a little bit. And it was a cool way for the media to get down there and to see the real side of these athletes with their families. And it was, you know, in Hawaii for all those years. So they would, you know, wear the lay and everything was cool. But like now that we have social media and so many of these, whether it be you know Tyreek Hill streams Fortnite every night and Michael Parsons has his own podcast uh I don't know that we need this to no. humanize them anymore because they all all these guys are the superstars of the league and they all have their own outlets and avenues so like you can't even rest on that anymore so yeah I just I don't get it I won't be watching it sorry pro bowl
0: okay that'll be one last talking point that we'll have moving forward <laughs> yeah
1: favorite pro bowl event none i couldn't even tell you what one <laughs> was to be honest with you
0: <laughs> jim harbaugh going to the chargers is
1: uh it's lame you know he's
2: leaving to avoid accountability here you know michigan's gonna face something i'm i'm expecting from the ncaa uh Everybody predicted that Harbaugh was going to be gone. We were talking about it midway through the season. We were talking Chicago back then. It ends up being the Chargers, but you knew he was going to be leaving Michigan. And then secondarily, I wanted to have another shot at him. As Ohio State, Ryan Day, I wanted to bring Harbaugh down, bring him down off of those three straight, and bring him back to where he deserves to be in this rivalry. And we won't get that shot now, and that, that really sucks.
1: Yeah, I would say Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers is hilariously predictable. We all saw it coming. I mean, he's they they cheated at Michigan. What's the saying? Oh, those who who those who cheat will never win. Well, I guess those who cheat when they do win, they just bolt to uh, avoid all consequences. It sucks for the Chargers. My favorite social media account in. Any of sports, lifestyle, brand, at Charter's is the best bar none. The people who run that account and all those socials just do a brilliant job. So it sucks now that they have to cover that weasel. Um, It makes them great content, though, which is good for them. But, yeah, it it, it was predictable that all this comes to an end.
0: This will be the test of their social media... Greatness. Well,
1: I think like Charger fans, you know, to the, the people that they're talking to are excited about it, you know, because they are getting a great head coach in Jim Harbaugh who really turned around that Michigan program. It was nothing when Harbaugh got to Michigan and then Ohio State was really the prime and we beat down on Harbaugh for all those years and then just recently he was able to bring it around so I think Charger fans are very optimistic about this hire as they should be I think Harbaugh is a good football coach even though he's a little bit of a cheater
2: A lot of a cheater. Yeah,
1: I mean, (laughs) the rule was there and he broke it. I will say, though, Chris, I think that this is good for Ryan Day. I think Ryan Day, when this Schefter bomb broke, had to be very excited because the Buckeyes did a brilliant job in this transfer portal bringing in all these Alabama players, you know, throwing NIL bags at all these high school kids and getting them to be a part of the Buckeyes, found a quarterback. The one thing that still stood in their way was that (laughs) Thanksgiving weekend game against Michigan. But I think that this is good for them because I don't know that Sharon Moore is really the same kind of leader as Harbaugh was. The open mouth crying bit only lasts you so long. That R.I.P.
2: Harbaugh (laughs) on the sideline. If anybody were to be dropped in here and just watch that sideline report with him, you would have thought, what happened to Harbaugh? What hospital is he in or what morgue is he in? And now he is the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. Amazing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, baseball guys. You mentioned it earlier, Nick, but Cookie Carrasco is back with the Guardians and he's signed on a minor league deal. How are you feeling about that?
2: Pretty shrewd move by management there to bring back a fan favorite, somebody who got an emotional connection to in his whole journey. Bring him back, you know, kind of a, a, a low risk, uh, potentially mid reward on this one. I think certainly the fans love seeing guys that we remember so fondly here in Cleveland. Um, maybe he's able to produce something for big club we'll see he does turn 37 in march so i wouldn't expect a whole lot out of him he had a 6.8 era last year but hey it's it's nice to see these guys come back give him another shot here in cleveland um in terms of wins and losses i don't know that it's going to translate a lot on the field
1: no i i think if in fact if we see cookie carrasco pitch for the guardians this year something went crazily wrong <laughs> happens yeah, <with laughs> so in- yeah. everything Hero. else
2: that does happen
1: but that's why that this is the perfect move to make. And that's why I was a fan of when they met Lucas Giolito last year, even though he really stunk up the joint, was because you need these veterans that have been around the block. Even though Cookie Cresco probably doesn't have much to give to the game of baseball as it pertains in between the white lines, I think has a little bit to give coaching up some of our young pitchers. And if anybody knows what it means to be a part of this Cleveland organization, it's him throughout everything that he went through. He is the easiest guy to pull for, one of my favorite guys really that came through any of the three Cleveland pros. Sports teams in the last couple of years so it's have cookie back even though we probably won't contribute much it it just feels good to have him back and maybe this is the year of the old guy you know you got <laughs> joe, joe flacco, flacco
2: right yeah. tristan thompson by the way sat on these airwaves and had a similar conversation about him not doing a whole lot now well he may <laughs> have been aided a little bit as it turns out and who knows we're not going to see him for a little while but up until the point he got popped last week he was playing some pretty good ball for us.
1: He was. He was. <laughs> and that, that's probably why somebody made him pee in a cup. <laughs> yeah. so, somebody at the league offices noticed how well Tristan Thompson was playing and said, Yeah, there might be <laughs> something else. <laughs> Wait going a minute. Weren't you this? just on ESPN a few months ago? Here's a little sample test for a <laughs> Double T. That sucks. That. that really does suck though because these Damian jones minutes have been tough yeah. obviously getting evan mobley back is going to be huge for the yeah. Cavs, but man tristan was for our Cavs, chris and you, you can't deny the vet presence um that he provided and just the physicality and everything i think they're going to miss that in the 20 25 game suspension that he got that yeah. that blows
0: yeah i feel like we take for granted sometimes that veteran presence and all that energy and what someone brings a little uh, from the skill set aside that is what I think I'm looking forward to in Cookie. Like you yeah. said, coaching up the young people. He's such a positive guy, and he's so good with people So, and his whole family. I think he's he's good to have back, even though we pro- hopefully – I mean, I don't think we'll see him. But, no, but, uh, but that's fine. Yeah. He'll he'll
1: be seen by people that aren't us and those people matter we'll a little bit more. We'll appreciate
0: him us. and yep. love him up and it's great that he's just healthy now, you know. He had yeah. the leukemia in 2019, 3 months later he or he had a real short stint with it, but it's always good that people are, are healthy and happy and we're happy to have him back. Let's take a break and we'll come back with some big play bets.
1: Big play bets on the Big Play Cleveland show this week and every week are brought to you by our guys at Tipico Sportsbook. You hear us talking about it on the show all the time. Download Tipico Sportsbook now. When you do, use promo code Cleveland one hundred. First twenty five dollars on Tipico, you're going to get a hundred dollars of bets on us to use. To bet on the super bowl, uh, duh. That's the biggest thing, but obviously, college basketball is here. The calves are in full swing, and we are red hot on these big play boosts, guys. Somebody put out the stat from the big play handle that if you would have put a hundred dollars on the last two big play boosts for the calves, you'd be up over a grand right now. Um, so our big play boosts are hitting. Matt Fontana cooks them up every morning on his show, so be on the lookout in that typical sportsbook app because we are bringing you guys some fun props every single week. So let's take a start at this. This is our very early Super Bowl odds. The 49ers opened as one and a half point favorites in this game. We'll give you guys our official Super Bowl bet picks this week. But Chris, I'm ecstatic to see initially Patrick Mahomes as an underdog in the Super Bowl. I'll take those odds all day on the Chiefs. Did the odds
2: makers mess up here? I mean, I don't see the Niners coming into this game as the favorite, honestly. I think the Chiefs are the favorite. But, you know, as as a betting fan and somebody who's going to put their heart and earn dollars on this one, I love seeing Mahomes as an underdog. Um, I think between him, um, that offense with Kelsey, and what they've put together, I mean, we're right in the middle of a dynasty and they're still getting underdog treatment. I think there is tremendous value there for the better. Yeah, man.
1: They
0: know the script, guys. They know
2: the script. There you go.
0: Everyone's in on it.
1: I'm all over. Except for
0: the bookmakers. <clears throat>
2: yeah, the Niners are favored in this thing so yep.
1: far. Yeah. Couldn't could be me. I'm all over the Chiefs. Let's take a peek at Saturday where the Cavs will travel to San Antonio, play the Spurs, and Victor Wembenyama. And if you remember that first time they played, Chris, it was during that Week 18 game. <gasps> where a lot of people were watching Jeff Driscoll stink it up in Cincinnati for our Browns, But Wemby got out to a really big lead on the Cavs and the Cavs were able to eliminate that, neutralize that, and ultimately come back and beat the Spurs. This is also the second time that the Cavs will see old friend Jetty Osman, who doesn't love Jetty, uh, in this game on Saturday. So I think the Cavs will probably be favorite, even though they're on the road in San Antonio, just a way better team than the Spurs. And I think Obley could keep uh, Wemby in check. On his little mit restriction that he's going to return on.
2: It'll be interesting. That's good. that's going to be an interesting test for Mobley just coming back off of the injury and then immediately playing the young Wembley. Wemby. Um, I, I think the Spurs are not a very good team. No. <laughs> you know, they I think they've they go. got a long way to go. I think the Cavs are on their way up. We've seen that consistently throughout the year. Now we're going to get healthier into the mix. That's just another step here. I think the Cavs are going to roll. I don't know what the spread's going to be, but I'll take the Cavs and I'll take uh, the over.
0: I have a quick NBA question for you. Who was it that got suspended indefinitely? Draymond,
1: Draymond but he's already yeah. back. <laughs> Draymond, but then he's back. Okay, he's already back. That's what I thought. There's so
0: my question is, and I didn't have time to look into this deeper. I do I not know what indefinitely means?
1: <laughs> well, what's your definition of it, and then we'll, like, we'll react from there. Like, how do
0: you come there. back? I mean,
1: okay, so you do know what indefinitely means. I it, guess
0: my question is, who allowed who? Decided the commissioner all, who can come back. The commissioner. Okay. So,
1: so he had to go through like a little. Sp- spell of anger management type things okay. and you know take some recourse uh <laughs> there was also this dog
2: br- and pony show. The yeah like, exactly
1: there was this he was crazy just
0: playing. he just said such a like they, they were just showing him i think on twitter last night was some yeah. crazy outburst or something oh yeah and i'm like oh yeah he really that really helped him out <laughs>
1: No, I think that it, anger management it, it, it was it was a very short, indefinite suspension. I think they just threw that label on it initially yeah. to kind of make the big headline, which they kind of snuck him back into the fold. Okay. And, yeah, he is back causing havoc just like normal. Uh, but that's you, good. You didn't that's miss good for basketball.
2: Yeah. You know, you always have to have the bad guys, and he's one of the classic bad guys.
1: <laughs> I guess. Thanks <laughs> for clearing that up. <laughs> All before. right, let's, let's go to Akron <laughs> against Toledo. Some Friday mac yeah. Who you like here, Chris? Both so, teams right now are tied for first in the Mac.
2: So I was looking through the Mac, and I was looking
1: at Mac power rankings. How about
2: that today? Uh, from Data Screeve from Channel 7 in New York. Here what they've got. They've got Akron, number one. They've got Toledo, number two. Ohio, number three. Kent State, four. Bowling Green, five. Miami of Ohio, six there. And at within there... You've got that Akron team overall in the country, though ranked 96th. So, wow! Yes, yeah, so the MAC not as strong as it has been in the past. I like Akron to win in this ball game. I think they're going to take down Toledo.
1: Akron's good, man. Akron has a good basketball team going right now. Ali Ali is legit. Um, Enrique Freeman, their guard, is legit. Yeah. I follow the MAC hoops, man, and they are good. They are the favorite to win the MAC for a reason. Pains me to say. Over my Golden Flashes, who are no good and this year, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, Akron's yeah. Akron's the real deal.
2: There are four ranked right now in power rankings in the MAC and
1: 168th in the country. For so, Kent if there Stone. are four, how many teams are under them? <laughs> <laughs> because that says they're, they're not there. Holy Green, the, my yeah, well, well Central right. Michigan, Ball
2: <laughs> State, yeah. Western Michigan, Northern Illinois, Eastern Michigan, and <laughs> Buffalo.
1: Yeah, well, when you look at it like that, you would hope that Kent would be better than those teams Sandy's a good coach but it's just not their year Akron's really good all right guys what do you say we take another break and when we return we will get into our featured interview this week talking with Buffalo Bills all things radio Nate Geary We'll be right back. Joining us now from Buffalo, the Bills pregame halftime postgame show host. He is Mr. Nate Gary. What is going on? Thank you so much for joining us on the Big Play Cleveland show.
3: My pleasure, man. Uh, Yeah, it's... uh dreadful season for both of us right now we're, we're back in our Great Lakes right where we belong in our Great Lakes sinkhole where we get to watch other people play for the Super Bowl so.
1: yeah well it was, it was it's an unfortunate week to bring you on and it, it kind of feels weird starting to ask you questions as we got some breaking news late Sunday right in the midst of the AFC championship game and championship game getting ready to start that the Browns are hiring former Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey what were your initial thoughts Nate when you saw that news come down
3: uh, well, my initial thoughts were, I think it's a good, it's a good landing position for Ken Dorsey. Um, listen, I, I think, you know, calling plays in Buffalo for the last year and a half, um, obviously he was able to lead an offense that was top five and scoring top five in EPA top five in DVOA top five in a lot of categories. Um, but there just was something missing, um, with this offense, which is why I ultimately made a decision to, to move on from him and, and, and bring on Joe Brady who bills. Uh, just signed, uh, took the interim basis off and made him the full-time offensive coordinator. But the reason that I think to Cleveland is a really good move, um, is he hasn't had an opportunity, I think, to be really, um, integrated in a system outside of the one that he was brought in with Brian Dable. Um, now he had a little bit of Mike Shula background and his time in Carolina as the quarterbacks coach, um, for Cam Newton. Uh, but then he comes to Buffalo as the. McDermott uh, takes over and, you know, had been basically under the tutelage of Brian Dable and um, Brian Dable is way more of a kind of the Patriots era, Josh McDaniels um, sort of offense, which I think now going to Kevin Stefanski, um, he's going to get to learn and sit under someone who I think is one of the best play callers in the league. Um, and Kevin Stefanski and not necessarily have to call plays and I do think that, that is a he'll he'll have that Monday through Friday implementation and and have I'm sure his fingerprints in the game plan a little bit but this is not going to be the guy calling plays and and I think that's probably for the best right now for Ken Dorsey as he looks to sort of add to his resume ultimately get back into a position um, where he is calling plays for a team in the NFL, but I think right now um, finding a place where he doesn't have to call plays and goes into an established offense with a really good offensive coordinator already in Kevin Stefanski, um, I think is 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 really a, the best scenario for for both the Browns and for uh, Dorsey.
2: What would the fans expect from a Ken Dorsey uh, offense here? What do, what do you, what can they expect?
3: So, Ken Dorsey. Um, one of my I guess complaints about Ken Dorsey is. He really modeled his scheme um, off of concepts, meaning um, it's a very reactionary offense. So you look at what teams will do if there's a cover two look versus cover three, or hey, there's a defense that starts in cover three that goes into a cover two look. Um, He has a group base of concepts to attack those defenses where I think you have offensive coordinators um, across the league. Yeah, I'll put Stefanski in this, Um, where he's more of a driver or a dictator um, of scheme, where I think um, Ken Dorsey is more of a reactionary, a guy um, that uh, sits on things that he knows works against particular defenses, but doesn't really fit into that role of visionary of, hey, you're going to run this at me, and we are going to show you this concept that always beats your defense, but we're going to have our own unique wrinkle we're going to have our own unique look so i think what we saw and I, you know from 2020 to last year i think this is this is a, an interesting stat is josh allen had nine 300 yard games in 2020 eight in 2021 seven in 2022 and six this previous year so there has been a little bit of a a, a de-evolution in the the past game i think they missed brian Dable a lot frankly the one area though guys is i do think his passing concepts worked for the most part he was not able to create a run game that had diversity that really was able to use the strengths of their bills, offensive line. It's one of my pet peeves about running offenses and running schemes in the NFL um, is you have a running back and an offensive line and you run concepts that do not mesh the strength of those teams. Some teams have a really good zone blocking offensive lineman, but a gap running back, and that's not going to work. Um, and I think, you know, the bills brought in Aaron Cromer last year as offensive, uh, our offensive line coach. And I do think, They got a little bit better, but it was apparent to me when Joe Brady took over, how much more nuanced, how much more balanced, how much more multiple the running attack was um, compared to what Ken Dorsey had while he was here in Buffalo.
1: Man, that's a little concerning to be honest with you because we're obviously dealing with a very unique running back position situation here in Cleveland yep. where we don't even know if Nick Chuba is going to be able to be back off that pup list for the start of the season. And then you pair the Ken Dorsey move with Bill Ken- Callahan, we think will be sticking around, not going to his brother, Brian in Tennessee, one of the best O-line <laughs> coaches in the league. But it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how this all unfolds. One person that I wanted to ask you about quickly is Stefan Diggs there's been a lot of chatter here locally in Cleveland we are just downright desperate for a wide receiver I'll leave you at that and there are a lot of people that are drawing the parallels well you know Diggs worked with Dorsey Diggs worked with Stefanski maybe that could be a trade partner what's kind of the vibe in Buffalo because I feel like we never get to understand locally if Diggs is really happy or like what's his state of mind
3: yeah, I, listen, I think receivers in general um, can be difficult to understand from, a, you know, listen, they're divas. Um, I think about the time, like going back to when I played in college and like, I just think about the 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 genetic pickup of receivers. They are a different breed. Um, they don't necessarily get to have the uh, play, play impact on a game that a quarterback does, or even sometimes a running back does. Um, I would tell you that two things make it really difficult for any sort of movement in Stefan Diggs away from Buffalo. A is his contract. Um, they re-signed and, and uh, extend him last offseason. So the issue with that is the dead cap implications. Now, people can say, well, you can post June 1st, blah, 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 blah. But it would essentially cost them $4 more million more to cut, release or trade Stefan Diggs than it would be to keep him this year. So the dead cap implications are, are more than he's currently making. Um, so for, there would be no cap savings, which wouldn't help. And then maybe they can post June 1st and get really creative. But that's the nuclear code that's i'm not playing for the bills i'm going to hold out and you need to trade me option and that's the best that they can come up with then that's the best they can come up with so there is not just you know present and current implications on the salary cap there are implications that extend if they post you in first hit, that's really king the the can down the road you're talking about a five seven eight year uh cap dead cap implication um on a salary cap for a team that is in a window i uh, i just i don't i don't see the feasibility of that financially working um and then from a, a Diggs and Dorsey perspective, um, I don't have – I'm not reporting anything. Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, saying I've heard anything. But what I will tell you is part of the offseason um, drama this last year, some of it had to do with some of the stuff happening in the field for Josh. Um, a lot of it had to do with how he, th- he was being used in the system. Yeah. Uh, didn't really love the Ken Dorsey offense from – I think what we can all take from it here in Buffalo. The interesting thing though, I found is, you know, he was on his on pace. Stefan Diggs was on pace for a career year this year before Dorsey was fired. And Joe Brady went in a very different direction offensively, and he did not have the same impact he had earlier this year. I wonder, you know, what that creates in terms of drama-wise in this offseason. But um, I can't imagine, I, I see a scenario where Stefan Diggs is lining up and pining um, to, to get into an offense with uh, with Ken Dorsey. I, I can't imagine it would be the, 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 the driving uh, feature of, of why he'd want to move.
1: Fair enough. We're gonna step aside. Nate, stay with us. More of the Big Play Cleveland show right after this. Welcome back
3: to the Big Play
1: Cleveland show, We're talking to all things Ken Dorsey with Nate Gary out there in Buffalo. Nate, I feel like when this move was made for the Browns to bring in Ken Dorsey as their offensive coordinator, really just to find their next offensive coordinator. Period, the biggest part of it was Deshaun Watson. How does this new face match with Deshaun Watson? Are you confident, slash, is the reason. And for browns fans to be confident that deshaun watson could hopefully take a step up to the play level of a josh allen
3: um you know i mean i, I think while he was in houston that he was there yeah um i think he was considered a top four top five what's he got 230 million dollars guaranteed um because they were projecting he would be who he is it's they projected he was going to be who he was and listen i think um the offensive core position in Cleveland, in Los Angeles with Sean McVay, in Green Bay with Matt Lafleur, in Miami with Mike McDaniel, uh, San Francisco with uh, with Kyle Shanahan is unique in that they are not. Really, truly, that offensive coordinator—they are in, in stature, uh, but they're not calling plays. They're not designing concepts. Um, these playbook, this playbook, is the Kevin Stefanski playbook, and within it, Kevin Stefanski will be calling plays, right? So, what kind of impact then can Ken Dorsey really have if he's not calling plays? It's not his offense, so on and so forth. I think it's a fair question. Yeah, uh, I will think that you know they will be able to the the, the Browns will be able to lean on the fact. Um, that this is a, you know, offensive coach and coordinator that's been the quarterback's coach for Cam Newton and for Josh Allen. Two guys that maybe you won't want to directly correlate them to the style of play that you have uh, in on um, Watson. I think Watson probably of the three is the most polished pocket passer um, and definitely does not have the high-end running ability that both uh, Newton and Allen uh, have and possess, but he still can move and he's still a guy that can be mobile and create. Um, and I think that's maybe where... Ken Dorsey's expertise can help, right? Is um, molding what he's been able to mold in two guys and and Cam Newton, one an MVP and Josh Allen, he's probably should have one on MP by now um, and and getting the most out of those guys. That's really where Ken Dorsey will have the most value. Um, It's not going to be coming in and changing Ken Van'sky's mind on what concepts to run, but can he be essentially a de facto quarterbacks coach? Can he help uh, mentor uh, a Watson who, um, you know, really since, you know, Making the move over to Clinton, there's been, you know, obviously the the suspension and the injury last year. It's really hard to gauge what have in Watson. But I think if they're a guy that you want to essentially make your quarterbacks coach, uh, and Ken Dorsey, uh, he's uh, if we're to rank quarterbacks coaches, is probably right up there with with the top. But whether or not I believe in the fundamentals of his, his offense. Um, he's definitely the kind of guy you want bring a young quarterback with his time in college and he's going to have respect in that room, um, for what he was able to do and, and his coaching, uh, regimen as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think from a, a purely, um, you know, wanting him to come in and help develop and and get the most Watson. Yeah. I think, I think that's definitely the right move for, for the Browns for sure.
0: How about from a personality standpoint, how do you see Dorsey and Stefanski that tandem gelling?
3: Um, especially you know, when you know. have to
0: give up the play call or at least take a back seat. You know what I mean?
3: Well, you know, I don't know that a lot of teams are lining up to have Ken place. Um, and I think we're right around the halfway point in the league in terms of head coaches that are calling plays to having, you know, specified offensive coordinators. I saw insane stat uh, that every single team since the start of 2022 has changed their offensive coordinator in one way or another, whether it's firing um, them mm-hmm. getting promoted, moving on so on and so forth. Um, so this is a, I think coaching position across the league um, that is now in vogue. You're seeing less defensive head, defensive minded head coaches get head coaching jobs, uh, and more offensive minded coaches getting head coaching jobs. So, um, with meshing with Kevin Stefanski, I don't know that there's a real. Um, uh, I don't know what am I what am I say? I guess there's not really that like ego coming in where it's going to say, hey, I'm Ken Dorsey. Uh, you're the head coach. You need to listen to what I'm saying. I think this is a really good opportunity, for Ken Dorsey, to walk into an established play caller in a new system, learn from Stefanski, um, and then potentially take on an, uh, an offensive play calling, uh, you know, offensive coordinator role within the next year or two. So I can't imagine that Ken Dorsey is going to be in Cleveland for longer than one or two years. This isn't an Alex Van situation where, you know, Alex is you know, I know he's talking about maybe the 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 Raiders job, but I think there are his head coach um, aspirations for Ken Dorsey. I, I don't think AVP was really be that guy getting a head coaching job in the league at this point um, in his career. Where Dorsey's still young, still up and coming. This is an opportunity to change the fundamental um sort of knowledge of a scheme um learn from a, a i think an elite play caller, and then eventually at some point take over play calling duty somewhere else and then become a head coach across the league
1: nate thank you so much for joining us let everybody know where they could find your stuff and where to follow you
3: yeah they follow me at nate Erie w or nate Geary sports uh, on twitter and then um yeah i do some uh once draft time comes around i start you know, posting a lot of content, and this is kind of my off season for the next couple of weeks. So I do these sorts of things, but I'm not doing a ton of uh, content development. But yeah, most of my stuff you can find me right on Twitter at Nate Geary Sports.
1: Awesome. Well, we'll Thanks, look forward Nate. to your draft stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back with more Big Play Cleveland. Don't go anywhere.
0: Welcome back to the Big Play Cleveland Show. Thanks so much for watching, and what a great interview to have Nate on. He had a lot to say and such great
1: insight. Yeah, super clutch bringing him on. Obviously, just right off the heels of the Browns hiring Ken Dorsey, and that was such a big thing earlier this year in Buffalo really cool talking
2: to Nate about all that interesting fodder going into the offseason for the Browns see if we can come out stronger next
1: year yeah some interesting stuff too that maybe not a whole lot of teams were lining up to give him those play calling responsibilities I really man just want to see Stefanski hold on to that play sheet do it one more year maybe this dude could bring in some fresh ideas fresh perspective but don't 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 let go of the play calling that's usually a kiss of death for Browns head coaches
2: (laughs) And that seems to be the theme going around right now, Berea, is fresh ideas this year. I guess we're looking for newer ways that we can get Watson involved, so that's what we're going to be doing this offseason a lot of.
1: All righty, guys, we have more fun interviews on the way. Make sure to follow The Big Play Cleveland Show on all social media platforms because we'll bring you those all throughout this offseason, and we'll keep this thing going. See you then.